Hey folks, episode number 42. Getting up there, 50's coming. Yeah, 42. This is the Mariano Rivera, Jackie Robinson episode. We're going to break boundaries. That's true. Yeah. Close it early. Exactly. <laughs> Close them down early. I understand, man. Uh, we're drinking some some Irish coffee here. Salud. That's, That's uh, Aaron's on the way eminently. We have uh, Bethan Marr, I believe is her last name. We have to ask her when she comes here because, as per usual, we're not prepared. Episode 42, folks. We're always learning every step of the way. Episodes celebrating with our Irish coffee. I think all coffee should be Irish coffee. You yeah. should just get like you should be able to go to Utica Coffee and have them ask you, "Hey, you want some Jameson in there?" Yes. I know it violates probably all sorts of licensing and all sorts of things you have to get done, but it'd be nice to be offered. When we uh, when we came over to the, the brewery to do the uh, the sign announcement, yes, uh, it was me and Mr. Parkinson, and they came around and they asked us, "Hey, does anyone want a beer?" And now it's all these other, like, news media people, right? <laughs> and, like, the mayor's there. All the super serious reporters yeah, super and serious politicians. Reporters. And only me and Justin are the only two who are like, yeah, give me a beer, man. You do good clubs. So, yeah, <laughs> that's how we do it here at the Uticast. That's, that's how it happens down <laughs> at the brewery as well. <laughs> so uh, how's your week treating you, buddy? How's things? Uh, I can't complain so far. I mean, I could, but it's not going to get me anywhere. It seems to be getting warmer. The snow's gone, which is nice. That was yeah. terrible, like we talked about. Yeah. Uh, rumors abound. We're going to get back up to the 60s by the end of this week. A I lot don't... of rumors going around. We'll see what goes on. It's crummy and raining out currently here at Uticast uh, HQ, so that's never good. Uh, I'm, I hate the rain. It's my least favorite. I would rather have snow. I know that's blasphemous to say in this area, but I, I, I hate the rain, man. It's depressing. I think it's case by case. Any one for too long is too much. I don't mind the rain. I like like yeah. rainy days. I've always liked gloomy like rainy days. Enjoy them. I like a thunderstorm. Thunderstorm's the best. Thunderstorm is the best. Um, See, we can say that living somewhere where there's not, like, tornadoes. Right. I'm sure, like, for all of our listeners out there in Oklahoma, those guys are all probably, <laughs> like... listening out in Oklahoma? Well, you know, now the secret's out and nobody's listening. Kevin Durant. He's the only person. I talk to Kevin Durant all the time. We're <laughs> best buds. Well, you don't think so? You don't think that's true? You think I'm lying? I say prove it. Get him on the show. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Uh, I don't want to exploit our friendship that way. You know, we're close like that. Um, but you're perfectly comfortable exploiting your friendship with me for your show here? We've been exploiting each other's friendship for years now. It goes way back. I suppose that's fair enough. <laughs> um, so we, uh, we watched a movie last night. This happens very rarely in our house where we both watch a movie that we've never seen before on both ends. Usually I'm either trying to show you some movie that I've seen a million times. I'm like, let's watch the thing again for the hundredth time. <laughs> um, so it's kind of rare. We watched uh, Trainwreck with Amy Schumer and yeah, Bill well, I, I came home last night and you were 15 minutes in yeah. and it was uh, it was worth going back to watch. I'm glad I watched it. I'd heard a lot about it when it came out. Those first 15 minutes have a lot of... Uh, John Cena and LeBron James in it, so I felt like if you were going to really watch the movie, it was important to get Those that. guys were both really funny. LeBron yeah. James and John Cena were both hilarious. I was really <laughs> surprised at how funny they yeah. were in that movie. Um, like, Amy Schumer is a little bit of a one-trick pony. If you like what she does, yeah. you like her. If you don't, you don't. Huh. But those guys, you know, for being guys who are athletes or sports entertainers, as it were, 
it's crazy to see how it's crazy to see yeah. they might actually have a future of some degree like being in movies. Sure. While we're uh, while we're hitting these phenomena at the height of their popularity, what uh, what rating would you give this film? Like I didn't ask you about it last night. Uh, off the top of your head, like B minus, B plus, B. Some of the B range. Yeah, it was a B range. Yeah. It was a B range movie. Here's, here's a weird thing about this movie. I, I said this to you a little earlier. I, I can't exactly pinpoint one specific thing about the movie that bothered me, but it right. felt like it didn't add up to the sum of its parts, right? Like, the, the cast was really good, and some of the stuff was really funny. Like, Colin Quinn's in this movie, and he's really funny in it. Yeah, and he was I, great. And I love Bill Hader. I'm like a mark for Bill Hader. You do love Bill Hader. I don't I do like, like Bill, Bill Hader, Hader that much. I he's really Hader. not... It's not my guy. He's only okay. In that movie specifically, he got stuck being the straight man to a lot of crazy people right. inherently, um, which is fine. I feel like I liked him better in that than I normally do, though, because like he's usually just zany, but not my particular brand of zany. I, I dig guess. him, man. I, I dig him. I think he's Your doing boy. some good stuff. I, no, I thought that movie was very funny. It's just interesting when a movie with a cast that well good and a writer like Judd Apatow people tend to give a lot of praise to. It was just kind of, it, it seemed like it got flat halfway through. I thought it was worth watching if you've never seen it, though. Yeah, sure. Aaron Higgins described it to me over the phone before I watched it as, quote, pretty okay. I don't know if that's a... Uh, that's about right. That's about I'll take right. that. Um, Higgins always knows. Speaking of uh, TV, uh, we're very excited for the upcoming Kimmy Smith season, Unbreakable Kimmy Smith on Netflix. Yes, we are. That's coming out on Thursday. Not everybody. That's a polarizing show. It Some is a polarizing really do show. do not enjoy it. Yeah. We, were, we just scrolled through Netflix about 20 minutes before we were getting in show mode. Um, a little disappointed by the... Netflix lineup of stuff that's on there right now, honestly. Netflix, that's the big secret with Netflix that they don't want you to know is that at any given time, they do have a ton of content, but at any given time, 80% of it is just hot garbage. Like yeah. stuff that nobody's watching. Like I've watched the Kimmy Smiths, I've watched Rest Development, I've watched And there's Archer. a lot of TV shows, yeah. but you notice there's not a ton of movies. Right, right. There's not a lot of, like when we were, every time I've gone through Netflix, like, you know, recently, yeah. there's only so many movies besides, you know, ones that you've seen a billion times. It doesn't really have that much like new fresh stuff. You can't go no. see like a movie like Trainwreck's not going to be on Netflix for no. four or five years probably. Yeah. HBO got that pretty quickly, all things considered. Well, they the they nice usually get about... new releases. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the nice thing about having the HBO go because I uh, I sometimes forget we have HBO unless John Oliver's on. That's true. It does HBO go for sale as a standalone service. Yeah, so they have what's called. HBO Now, Same which thing. is the standalone okay. service. HBO Go is what we have. That's if someone has like HBO. HBO like I have someone who has HBO. They just yeah. let me use their Go account. But it's the same mm-hmm. principle. Um, so <laughs> let's move away from television because I do want to get into something very quickly. Uh, it's been an interesting sports week. Uh, Masters were last week. Sports are on television. Sports are on television. But this Wednesday, <laughs> this Wednesday is maybe one of the most interesting days in the NBA in a long time. This Wednesday is two big games. Uh, it is the final game of Kobe Bryant's NBA career. Illustrious your, your, NBA career. You are maybe number one or number two Kobe Mark on the planet, along with our good friend and uh, consigliere, the Esquire Patrick Gerace in Florida, another huge Kobe fan. How are you feeling about the end of Kobe's career, man? It's it's crazy. I mean, I, you know, I it was the same thing when Jeter retired uh, last year, two years ago, whatever year it was now. Like, both of those guys started mm-hmm. playing sports in, like, 95 yeah. or 96 when I was, like, you know, 10, 11, mm-hmm. 12 years old, and you're really starting to latch on to, like, sports teams and sports figures, and you're old yeah. enough to really, like, watch and digest games and like them. So, you know, those being my two favorite teams that had so much success on the backs of those two athletes, it's crazy to see those eras end and. Mm-hmm. Like I said about when Jeter retired, I will probably never care about the Lakers the same way again. Mm. Uh, Kobe's a really polarizing dude. A lot of people are not fans, do not like him. You know, he's had his black eyes all throughout his career and different things like that and certain knocks on him. But 
it's going to be a long time until we see a player like him again. And he's truly one of the all-time greats and a unique talent. I, I loved watching Kobe play. Uh, it's funny. I, I got out of basketball probably in the mid-90s, right around the time my parents got divorced. Um, I just didn't watch as much basketball. The Knicks kind of fell off. I used to watch the Knicks with my dad when we were kids, like the Knicks in the Heat back in like 96, 95, that era. Right. Um, and I kind of got out of basketball for a long time, and it wasn't until the, about the 2000s, early 2000s, when I started watching the Lakers with you and Pat. We used to go to Pat's house all the time and watch it in the basement, right? That was, that was the late 2000s. Late 2000s. Yeah. And that was probably the first, and Kobe and those Lakers teams were probably the reason that I got back into watching basketball. Yeah. And then when I went to New York and I went to the, you know, went to go see Knicks games, and then you, then I fell back in love with the Knicks again. And, you know, but Kobe. And how's that going for you? It's okay. I love the next man. Porzingis. Porzingis, man. He's the star. Um, no, I, I'm sad to see Kobe go. I know he's a polarizing figure, but he really is. I used to to troll people and be like, oh, Kobe's better than Jordan, right? Like, he's so much better than Jordan. And people get so angry about that. <laughs> I just love, I used to get up making people upset about it. Just going on upsetting people on purpose oh for the God, sake of upsetting so much them. fun. It's like when I used to tell people Oasis was better than the Beatles, which is total nonsense, but people get really upset about <laughs> that. It's so much fun. Do people care about Oasis? Not anymore. No? Nobody no, anymore? No, I wonder, like, does anybody think about Oasis? I know we're going to talk about that album thing later on in the show, and Oasis is one of those bands who's got some albums like that. That, that uh, well, that album specifically, we could talk about. Uh, What's the story of Morning Glory? That album you can listen to all the way through. From I think definitely, maybe too. I'll make yeah. the case for definitely, maybe as well. We'll bring that up in a little bit. Uh, also, the other thing that's going on, on Wednesday is the uh, the Golden State Warriors tied the Bulls' all time NBA wins record on uh, yesterday. Yeah, Seventy two wins. Regular season win, wins yeah. record. They can break the title. They can break the record on Wednesday. So Kobe retires on Wednesday, and the Warriors. Could is that break their this. only game? They only yeah. have one game. Who who are they playing? They are playing the Memphis Grizzlies, who they oh, beat by my. one. <laughs> That's going to be a really good game. If I remember, I'm going to try to watch that on Wednesday night. Huge day for the NBA on Wednesday. Like Maybe the most exciting game. Those games will probably both be on ESPN. I would imagine they will be. Unless one of them is on TNT, but uh, you never know. Are you happy to see the Warriors presumably break this record? Yeah, man. I like the Warriors. The Warriors are really hard to dislike. They're a hard team to dislike. I heard an interesting take this week about how athletes sometimes um, age poorly. Not in terms of talent, but in terms of their public persona, and they're sort of talking about Michael Jordan as a person whose public persona has kind of taken a hit the last couple of years, and people don't seem to like him as much as a personable guy. He's not, like, friendly and kind of has a bad reputation. Well, yeah, because now it's harder to forget that the guy's a complete yeah. asshole now that he's not out there doing superhuman feats on the basketball court. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I just think it's interesting. I thought that was a hot take about that. But, like, this Warriors team, I think a lot of people want to see this Warriors team break the yeah. record. I think it's they're, they're really a really likable it. yeah. team. It's yeah, not They sure. don't have a guy on the team like a LeBron where some people hate him, some mm-hmm. people want to see him fail, you know, myself included. And, uh, like, that's, you know, players like that are different guys. He was great in train wreck. <laughs> he was really it's good true. in train wreck. He was wreck. really good in train wreck. I was surprised. Uh, you got a prediction? You think the Warriors going to win the title? Uh, I, def- I definitely think the Warriors are probably going to win the title. Uh, as far as this Wednesday game, I mean, it's a toss-up. But at the end of the day, if you've won 72 out of, like, 81 games so yeah. far, real tough to bet against you. I know we're running a little long this segment, but I also want to shout that out. That Grizz team has got great defense, too. We'll see. Go ahead. If you want to hear coverage for this NBA game on Wednesday, I've noticed that my good friend and former podcasting uh, partner, Dan Avasado, has reinvigorated himself with the FAMO and the Wookiee Twitter handle. I don't know if anyone's he's seen He's gone this. rogue and he's assembling a team. He's gone rogue and he's assembling a team. Uh, I am I am officially signing off on him doing it. I told him, do whatever you want. It's so much fun. 
Uh, so they're now our official sports. <laughs> if you want coverage for the NBA, follow Famo and Wookie on Twitter. If you uh, have a sense of humor at all in your body, you should follow Famo and Wookie on Twitter. Yeah, his coverage of the Masters was unreal. Next level. Just really, really funny stuff. Uh, Aaron's here. It looks like so. Let's let's take a break. We'll bring Aaron and we'll talk about some more serious stuff in segment two. Okay. here. I'm here. I'm struggling, but I'm here. Right. Well, I'm going to do something to help you out. Uh, your birthday was last week. It was, was it last week. It was. Are you happy about it? Yeah, whatever. At this point, it's like, well, it's just all downhill from here. <laughs> well, I went to uh, uh, one of the local establishments today when I was on my travels, and I got you a small birthday gift to, to open here what? for you. Why? Because yeah, uh, I felt like it, and also I may have gone to a small local establishment to hit on one of the numerous attractive uh, clientele oh, there. okay. All right. But also it. gifts for Erin on her I birthday. Gifts for Erin on her birthday. Yeah. Because I'm a nice guy. Like so nicely. Yes, she did a wonderful job wrapping it, didn't she? I love that the paper doesn't like it. Just doesn't go, but it goes. <laughs> it's fancy teas. Oh. I don't even I know love fancy teas. Tea. Fancy Let's tea. Smell it. Yeah. I don't even know if you're allergic to it, and I don't know if I'm you can not. be allergic to tea. Oh, smell that. Yeah, it smells, smells nice, great. right? Great. Thanks, yeah. Sam. Fancy tea. Fancy smell, teas. Smell your fancy teas. There you go. Oh my, thank you. That's incredibly kind. Thank yeah, you guys. there you go. It's brightened right up. Yeah, see? I did. I'm, I'm getting less stressed now. <laughs> Remarkably. De stressed just from smelling it. Just from smelling it. it oh, I love very it. very nice. Uh, I'm like losing pieces of it because I'm like playing with it, but <laughs> I love it. I'm just going to stick this part up my nose. <laughs> Context. Um, yeah. So, are, so, we, are we not doing phrasing anymore? No, 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 no. I, I wish <laughs> we were doing phrasing. Um, so, Aaron, how's uh, how's your health and wellness thing going? I've seen your stuff you know, on Maiden Utica. Yes. Uh, I don't know if I if I really came out and said a, a whole bunch about it last time, but Mark Simon is is on board now, which is really exciting because that adds a whole other um, uh, like level of how this is going and how this is working out. Now you get two perspectives on um, the travel, the journey, the whatnot. So I, it's going really well so far. Um, Mark and I sort of put out, I put out, we put out a blog together, and then he's put out a separate blog about his, what he's going to do and what his, his goals are, and my blog is going up this week about what my goals are and what, um, what I'm planning to do. So go in there, look at the Made in Utica blog, it's called Over 30, or, or yeah, Over 30 Tired and Hungry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good blog, it's really good, Mark is a, a really good partner in crime here, so... Um, it's well, going really well. I'm really excited. It's always nice to have two perspectives. Yeah, I was so psyched when he he uh, said he wanted to do it with me. So, how do you feel about having three perspectives? Because I haven't announced it to anybody except Justin yet. I also have a health and wellness piece going up as well. Excellent. With you yeah, yeah. Excellent. It's not going to be a blog. It's a long form piece. I love it. Yeah. I'm so into yeah, it yeah. though. It's, Make sure you put it under our thing. I did. I did. I. It's. It's much more satirical, and it won't be coming out weekly. It's just something for lazy gentlemen like me who are feeling somewhat lazy and like to feel 
somewhat less lazy. I Just dig a little it, dude. bit less I dig lazy. It. I'm so into it. Yeah, so um, I'm glad. You know, I got inspired reading all your stuff, and then I got jealous because you guys were doing work. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting around. Yeah, how dare we have something on our own? I'm just here to support the I cause. Think I'm so sorry. No, I'm just joking with you. I'm actually, I think the more people that, that are included in this, the better. The more perspectives that we have going forward because you don't know who people are going to relate to. So if they're reading the blog and they don't relate to me and they don't relate to Mark, maybe they'll relate to you or maybe they'll relate, maybe Kevin will write a piece or Justin will write a piece. As long as we're all doing it together, I think that's amazing. I'm really excited about it. This is exactly what we wanted to like uh, accomplish so far. Kevin, do you want to write a health and wellness blog? Uh, you can. I mean, and you can sure. do it however you want. It doesn't I have mean, to be a weekly piece. It doesn't have to be a long form satirical. I feel like it we're getting this close thing. to like just opening up a Maiden Utica backyard prison gym. Yes. The house. Oh man. You know what? I got to tell you, and I didn't write about it in the piece, but I, our roommate upstairs, put a heavy bag in the garage, like a punching bag. Justin or Cliff? Uh, Cliff. Our good. Our good. Excellent. Our yeah. I love that. So for the last, <laughs> for the last like week and a half, I've been hitting. The heavy bag. I think everyone should have a heavy bag or something they can punch. It's surprisingly Just something fun. Something they can punch. It's a. It's kind of nice to have it in the house. But here's how. Here's how low class I am. I went to go buy punching gloves for it. Yeah. Because I didn't want to rip my knuckles up, Shocking. and I couldn't find any. So I just bought goalie gloves for soccer players. It works. Sorta. <laughs> I'm it somewhat, doesn't work. It kind of works, but that's right. how I do it. You got to tape them off Rocky style. <laughs> that's the kind of insight you should expect from my health and wellness <laughs> blog. Uh, don't have punch gloves? Soccer gloves work just fine. I think that's awesome. I'm really excited. I'm hoping Katie um, will do one and yeah. and uh, other Maiden Utica friends will be able to jump on board and, and just get on, you know, and see what uh, see what it's all about. Uticast X Maiden Utica folks, it's all happening. It's all... It's really exciting. I'm thinking it's really exciting. It's, it has been actually a very exciting week for us, I feel like. We've been doing lots of good stuff. Uh, anyway, let's let's move on to the show, though, because I have two stories that are... One is sad, and one is sad for a different reason. Uh, but let's start with the, the actual, the very sad story about um, Utica native and um, NFL, former NFL player Will superstar, Smith. Superstar. Former yeah, NFL superstar. Yeah, uh, was shot and killed this week in what appears to be a road rage accident. It's, there's a lot of questions about the story going on. Yeah, they're not really shot. We probably won't find out for a while. We Nobody may ever know, really, uh, like what happened. The guy's in custody. Yeah. 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 There's Which a lot is of... really good. That's nice. And his, uh, Will Smith's wife was shot and is out of surgery and in recovery, mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. a good sign. But uh, Will Smith was, um, he was a Super Bowl champion uh, with New Orleans Saints. He won an NCAA uh, championship with Ohio State. He's a multiple-time Pro Bowler. Um, a lot of stories going around about what a good guy he was. Uh, philanthropist, did a lot of nice things for the community. Um, I'll share just a quick story for you guys. Uh, this is a personal story. Uh, my stepdad taught at uh, Conkling School on, um, on, I guess that's... York Street. York Street, yeah, York Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, on York Street for a long time. Uh, Will Smith was one of his students. He loved my stepdad, loved him. And he thought he was the nice. and my stepdad thought he was the nicest kid um, so years later, um, when he, you know, went to Ohio State and he was like a famous football player, right? He was just, I think he was before he went to the NFL. I friended him on Facebook, right? I was like, I'm just gonna, because he's famous. He's a celebrity. You know what I mean? Right. And he sent me back a really, really nice message. Like, oh my God, you're Mr. K's son. He was my, you know, he was like a great teacher. Like he That's had so amazing. much fun. And it was crazy that this guy who was like a big time, like national football player and he was in the national scene, he was on television, uh, remembered my stepdad enough and was impacted enough to like say something nice to his stepson about it, right? Or even look up enough information about me to figure out that I was his stepson. Well, that's that's the one ubiquitous thing you keep hearing and all this coming out is that you know he was very well known for coming back and you know doing good for the area. 
listen, it would have been easy to grow up here and go on to have that kind of career and never really look back, you yeah. know what I mean? And you would almost never begrudge somebody that. Everybody's entitled to their own life and their own priorities and stuff, but the fact that he made time to come back and give back to this community that grew up in really speaks to, you know, the the character of the guy that it sounds like he was. I, you know, I didn't know him personally. I never interacted with him or anything mm. like that, but mm. just the fact that people locally around a little town like this with a guy who's had so much success still have stories and interaction he still touches people's lives like that is a real testament to it you know him being a great guy and it kind of makes you wonder and just from a playing standpoint you think he was i think they said he was 34 yeah um 34 is not retired oh. age for football he's you know it, i know his career had taken a little bit of a change in terms like positionally like he had changed positions and coaches and he yeah he was he's the talent of his yeah. career for sure um but it just god when i heard 34 but it's just 34 so puts it in context because yeah. we're that's a couple years older than us like we have friends that we see that are in our so that we see socially that we know that are yeah. 34 that's that's like our peer you know yeah. what i mean it seems so far above it you know because it's yeah. the career and all this stuff but that's a young young man who had a family and had Sad. nothing but a huge future ahead of him you know was set for life because of his success in you know football and everything and i mean 34 is young a lot of guns in this country man a lot of guns a lot of guns in this country he was slated to be back in town for um a charity organization on thursday yeah. Yeah. So mm. it's it's just it's sad. It's really sad. All the way around it's sad. <sighs> well, um, you know, to the to Will's family, um, you know, our thoughts are with you. Um just sad. Sad story. No mm-hmm. no nice upside to it. You know, no nothing no silver lining. Very sad. No, all the way around. Uh, and it happens too often. Uh so let's move on to a, another story that is sad for, for completely different entirely reason. different reasons. Um if, you've, if you're around this area, you've been hearing it all day. Uh, Donald Trump is coming to, it looks like Rome. I saw, uh, yeah, John Howard from The Signal. I saw him posting on Twitter about it. Shout out to our good friend John, John Howard. John Howard always out in front of the game, always covering beats. Guy's got a full life, and he's always out there getting the scoop. I respect that. It's my dude, John Howard. Uh, he, he's a uh, busy guy. Busy yeah. guy? He's a busy guy. So it looks like Trump will be visiting Griffiths Air Force Base, which just seems I just sort of shake my head. Um... I was driving up to the Sanger, not the Sanger, I was driving to the press home to see my grandmother last week, and you know where the Killebrew is I'm talking yes. about? There's like that little uh, triangle area. Yeah. There were about 10 people standing out there with honk if you love Trump signs. Anyone else see this that day? No. I yeah, I saw that. Uh, and I actually saw a couple people honk, and I got frustrated. So They had a Trump rally last week at Fort Stanwicks. God. And then there were people who were going to counter-protest it. That's Do you think ridiculous. that... Just stop. Stop with all the madness. I, I, one of our buddies, one of our good friends of real life, but not good friends of the podcast, even, and he said he's going to go protest. I think he's just spouting off. He's not going to go anywhere. Um, it's, <laughs> it, it's. I want to go in my Donald Trump. Fan. I don't want to go. I don't want to be involved. No, I would. I, I would love. I would. I would actually like to go. I would love to see the spectacle. That's I'm all about spectacle. Like yeah. I think it would be interesting to go see just to see when you would have to know that you're going to get frustrated with idiots and there's going to be a lot of you know awful like kind of people and things going on in the place. But just to watch it go would be something else. I think if I could like pull up in my car and just stay in my car and watch it from my car, I'd be okay with that. Oh, I'd have to go out and talk to the people. Nope, not mm. me. I'd like to watch from a distance. Um, I saw some some poll things that say he's looking to run away with New York State. Like, that looks yeah. to be the case. He he's going to win by well, double digits. Because at the end of the day, for as much as he's, you know, an awful idiot who no responsible person should ever consider a serious candidate for president, at the end of the day, he's probably better than a religion maniac like Ted Cruz. Fair. 
Fair. I, I don't particularly like any of the Republican candidates, no. honestly. And I'm certainly biased. I've tended to to float on that. But you, yeah, yeah, it's tough to you know, it's tough to even make a case. I do like I don't like Kasich, but Kasich is the only one who seems like least a least worst. He's the least worst, right? Uh I do think it bears mentioning and not, you know, we're not going fully endorsing anybody on the show. We certainly try not to. We give all sides. Um Donald Trump will be here. On, would we say, Tuesday? Tuesday, today. Tuesday, tomorrow, today? Today, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Bernie Sanders is going to be in Syracuse having a rally. And mm. uh, you got to Google it. It's one of their, like, on-center, big convention centers out there. Uh, I know it starts at 11 o'clock. I think he's appearing at, like, 2. It's free. Yeah. They're just letting people in. There's no tickets, no Which I anything. think is awesome. I think that's so awesome. So he's going to be in Syracuse tomorrow as well. So if you'd like to go try to do both or go pick your team or go pick the other team to troll, a lot of stuff happening locally. Everybody competing for New York in the primaries right now. Uh, I saw earlier today on the Democratic side as well, Hillary's like uh, expected to win by like 14 points over Sanders, which is interesting because he it is his hometown, but she was the governor for a while, so it seems like it kind of... Yeah, she was a senator. Senator, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was a senator from New York for a long time, and I mean, she's just had more... You know, he was born here, but he hasn't lived here in 40 years, so it's... Yeah. The hometown thing only carries so much weight when really what it comes down to is, you know, name recognition, I think, probably more than just like, well, this guy was born here. We're starting to get into the real, like, the crux of this. Like, we've, we all laughed about Trump, and we've all sort of joked around about this election and had a good time, but it's starting to get to a point now, right? Like, I'm, I don't know. It's getting to crunch time about what's yeah, coming. Yeah, it's... I, I think, what a time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> what a time to be alive. <laughs> I think that when this whole thing started and we, we started to make the jokes like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if it was Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump? <laughs> and now we're getting to the point where that some of those things look to be a very realistic option. Honestly, I look at the Democrats and I'm like, all right, I get the Hillary Clinton thing. But at the same time, it's like I get the Bernie Sanders thing. Do I think he'll win? No, I think Hillary will take it because uh, just, you know, he's a socialist and because she's a Democrat. and blah, 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 blah. People are people, you know, they go out and they say what they want, but they'll vote. Conservatively, when people it comes vote, down to it. people vote for the names that they recognize more oh, yeah. than anything. You know oh, what I yeah. mean? But then there's also there's the wild card chance, like what if you know, there's a scenario where Hillary may end up under indictment from the federal government. Yeah. Imagine if that happens. The the craziest possible outcome here is that for one or both sides to go into contested conventions. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. They were talking about contested conventions yeah. and a broken convention in the Republican side. Cruz is banking on it. And they were saying that if they went into it, that the Republican Party will most likely put Kasich up. Really? Hmm. That's what the saying I had heard was. Cruz before, but yeah, that if they, sounds very rational. If for they the Republicans. Could, doesn't it sound like a rational thing to do though? Because honestly, if you listen to him, he's not exactly a crazy person. Is he a great guy? No, but he's not as nuts as the other two. Him and Hillary don't strike me as all that dissimilar. No, they're a very that that would be fun to watch. What a sad, sad lineup of idiots! <laughs> like no. all across the board, what a sad lineup of idiots! It speaks volumes to how broken yeah. the process is. I mean, this is one of those things where the whole everything is like unfolding like this is darkest timeline, and like it really speaks to how broken the whole system is, and something's got to happen but like you don't even know what what would happen what could happen it's joe biden he's the save us joe biden you're our only hope joe and doc in a heartbeat i I would like this why don't we just yeah we can have like joe biden versus paul ryan done paul ryan seems all right paul ryan actually went out and like said like yeah we've been kind of jerks about some stuff and it's been counterproductive do you know that as a child he played eddie munster on the monsters who paul ryan it's a joke I did not. Oh, it's a joke, guys. If you look at Paul Ryan and you look at young Eddie Munster, they have the same like hairline and the same like 
creepy features. It's pretty good. If you look at Bernie pictures of today and Bernie from pictures of 20 years ago, they're exactly the same. I love that. <laughs> they're both Larry I David 10 they're years both, from now. Yeah, exactly. They're both crazy-ass Larry David. Um, all right, so we put it off for two weeks, but we're going to do our, our music segment uh, after the interview. But let's get to the interview right now. Yes. Um, uh, I sat down with uh, Bethan Mayer. She is the executive director of the Adirondack Scenic Railroad, and she came to talk to us about all sorts of things going on, the Rally for the Rails coming up in April, and we had a nice conversation. So let's get to that, and we'll be back after the break. Great. Um, uh, we are here with Bethan. You are with the uh, Adirondack Scenic Railroad. You're the executive director, and I want to start with a couple things before we, we go, okay? First off, uh, to break kayfabe on this show, we recorded this interview last after the show has been recorded, so there are already segments where I have presumably butchered your last name, so why don't yeah. you pronounce your first and last name for the for the, everyone and let you know who you are. It's Bethan Marr. So it is Marr. It, it's Marr, yeah. They threw a few little extra letters in my last name, forgot a few in my first name. <laughs> <laughs> and, sort of how it goes. Well, that's kind of the other thing, I and, and I don't want you to take this the wrong way, because I, I, I mean this is a total compliment. When I was informed by my good friend of the podcast, Kate Riley, who may or may not be in studio with us, um, <laughs> when I was informed that uh, Bethan from the railroad was coming, yes. I did not expect Bethan to be wearing a leather jacket and to have bright red hair and to be so young. I expected something, <laughs> I expected yeah. something different in I a good way. I get that every now and then. You get that every now and then, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so... I just thought that was fascinating. I'm, yeah. I'm, it's And it's really nice to meet you. And uh, you are the executive director at the Adirondack C- uh, Scenic Railroad. Can you give me a little idea what that actually entails? Like what your... Like what the, my job is? Yeah, your job type, yeah. yeah. Well, what your job is, I guess. Um, I mean, my job is... I'm actually the executive director of the Adirondack Railway Preservation Society. Oh, okay, excellent. Which just okay. so happens to have this project called the Adirondack Scenic Railroad that mm-hmm. takes up 99% of our time. Wonderful. Um, so it's, it's essentially... It's a heritage railroad. It's a tourist attraction. Um, we're a nonprofit organization, so our mission is restoring the historic railroad track that runs between Utica and Lake Placid. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, about half the track is back in service. We run from Utica to Big Moose, which is north of Old Forge, mm-hmm. in a separate section between Saranac Lake and Lake Placid. Um, the middle section between Big Moose and Saranac Lake is out of service. We only move equipment over it. It's mm-hmm. not up to snuff for passengers, um, or so to say. So, yeah, we have about 75,000, 80,000 riders each year. So we're a second largest tourist attraction in Oneida County after the casino. Um, <laughs> of so that's after the casino. After the casino. <laughs> so that's, you get a gambling car on the you know, scenic railroad. I'm, I'm working on it. You know, yeah, they, they don't know where competition is at. That's <laughs> uh, well, all the news media feels about us. Yeah, right. we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I, I think it's fascinating that you, you work there. But I want to know a little bit about you for our listeners. We like to let people know a little bit about you. So let me start here. Are you from this region or are you a transplant? I am from Cheryl, New York, which is okay. the county's third city. Yeah, all right, okay. Smallest city in New York State. <laughs> and did you go to high school in Cheryl? Yeah, I went to VBS. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you mind if I ask what year you graduated? 2006. Okay, I'm trying to think. I don't know if I know any Cheryl holdovers from back. 
Sarah. Oh, Sarah Foster. Foster. Oh, yeah. yes, good friend yeah. of the podcast, Sarah Foster, <laughs> and my personal good friend Aaron Stoger, who you probably don't know. Yes, I do. You know Aaron Stoger? Yes. Oh my God. He's two years older than me. Oh man, he was in my first so. band. We Ooh, were, yeah, that's how I know him. We went music to, stuff. We went to Donovan Middle School together, and we looked so much alike when we were at that <laughs> at that age because we were both scrawny like white nerds with glasses who listened to punk rock. Yeah. That was kind of our gimmick that we sort of looked like each other. Like that was yeah. that was our whole mo. And then he was no, gone after a year. Uh, so you went to Cheryl, and then you told me you went to college at Geneseo, and then you had grad school in Mexico? Yes. Uh, what did you study? Um, well, anthropology and underwater archaeology. Oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah, so Mexico was kind of the place to do the underwater archaeology, not so much upstate New York. How long? Now, you, so you were doing, you went to, you didn't do archaeology at Geneseo, obviously. They don't offer... Well, I did anthropology. Anthropology yeah, Geneseo, so yeah. Archaeology, social anthropology, like working with indigenous women, mm-hmm. um, oh, wow. sustainable tourism, that was sort of my jam oh, in nice. undergrad. And then uh, it shifted a little bit as the years went on. Um, I think that's fascinating. I, I went to a college in New York City, and I was interested very briefly in going into paleontology. Yes, um, dinosaurs. I'm a nerd for Not dinosaurs. People. As yes. you can see, there's dinosaur paraphernalia around the house. It's very cool. Um, but what I found out when I went to college there is if I wanted to really pursue paleontology, I would have to leave the state or the, the region and go somewhere yeah. else because yep. nothing really offered paleontology. Not so many is, dinosaurs here. Is that sort of what happened to you with the Mexico thing? Or you know, you... there's a lot of archaeology, but I had um, a really, really, really cool professor, um, actually the chair of the department, who went to... I, I accidentally changed my major to anthropology when I was registering for classes, and I went down to the department to unchange my major. Right. Um... And happened to run into the chair of the department who was like, hey, um, I really need a student assistant to go to Mexico since you're an anthro major now. Do you want to go to Mexico with me? And I was like, yeah. Okay. So I called my mom and I was like, hey, not doing international law anymore. By the way, I'm going to Mexico. Wow. Um, sort of how that conversation went. <laughs> it's a great conversation. Yeah. Sorry for that. There was a lot of silence. <laughs> Do you think you were joking? Uh, no. <laughs> how long were you in Mexico for? Um, three years. Wow, three years. Did you yeah. uh, did you learn any like Spanish at all while you were down there? You yeah, dumbest thing I've ever done was try to write a thesis in Spanish. Oof. Yep. Oof. Yeah. No. So when I moved back, I actually worked as a Spanish interpreter for a while. Hmm. So you come back from Mexico and you move back to the region. Yeah. Uh, did, yep. You didn't want to go anywhere else. You, you always no, no. I absolutely here? didn't want to move back. Um, like things in Mexico got a little dicey, particularly for Americans working yeah. in archaeology, anthropology. Mm. I was doing a lot of work with um, indigenous women, which is yeah. not really a crowd pleaser yes. in, in um. Mexico. Um, so I moved back for safety reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't want to, didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, wanted to apply for PhD programs, um, got this little part-time gig at the railroad and thought that would tide me over for a little while mm-hmm. um, until I, you know, got the hell out of Dodge. Mm. But it didn't really work out that way, and I guess that's what we're here talking about. Well, so that's uh, and that is what we were here talking about. How did you how did you get to the railroad from post college? Like, how did you did did you just seem like did you fall into it and then? Yeah, I applied for a job basically as a ticket agent. So yeah. I was working mm-hmm. in the office answering the phone. Um, <laughs> that's a good gig. And yeah, it wasn't the greatest gig in the world. Um, I mean, it was cool, but I right, was, of course. it was a nonprofit. It was, you know, preservation based. So mm-hmm. it tied into what I was doing. It was about as close as I could get in central New York. Sure. Um, and it sort of, I just kept sinking in further and further mm. and it sort of consumed me. And 
I had some strong words with the board about what I thought they could do better, and they didn't fire me. They promoted me. Well, that's now that's very impressive. I've noticed that with a lot of <laughs> no, no, because I noticed that's something that in today's society it's very easy to just be you know placated yeah. and and sort of say okay sure like whatever you guys say that's the way to go it. But it really is people who challenge the people above them to yeah. see what they're trying to see that make things happen. I think that's impressive, and that's probably why you got the job. Yeah, right, you know, yeah. the the railroad, to get into a little of the history of it, mm. started out is this four-mile section of track in Thendera, which is Old mm. Forge. Um, you know, and a bunch of volunteers were doing it, and the structure of the organization didn't grow with it. And just because you're a nonprofit doesn't necessarily mean that's your goal. You right. know, your goal is still to make a profit. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, the, there was no business structure. There were there were no best practices, which you know, sounds really lame and boring and dry, yeah. but there was so much potential. Um, mm-hmm. And it was really, really frustrating to sit at a desk and answer phones and mm-hmm. say, you know, and have people say, hey, do you do this? Do you do that? And say, nope, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, I it was something that the more I worked there, the more I believed in it, um, saw the value of it. You know, I spent all my summers in the Adirondacks mm-hmm. as a kid and remember fighting with my grandma for the window seat on the fall <laughs> foliage trains um you know so it was being being there and being placated with the uh day in day out nine to five was not really an option right um i, I want to ask you a little something about this i just read this in the paper today uh kate actually sent this to me earlier today this was uh last march the uh the preservation league in new york placed the remsen lake placid corridor on the seven to save this list. march yeah yeah it yep. is march um can you expand a little bit on what that means for the for the railroad? Yeah, there's been this ongoing political battle, which is um, really heated up after the last over the last three or four years, and it's gotten quite contentious. Um, new York State owns the tracks from Remsen to Lake Placid. Mm-hmm. Um, as a nonprofit, we have this group of volunteers that maintains 119 miles of railroad track um, mm-hmm. for New York State, and you know, not a lot has happened really since. 2006, 2007, there was, you know, a burst of work that the state had done, but nothing has really happened in 10 years. So I think, you know, the Adirondack region is economically depressed. People started to get frustrated, um, you know, with the lack of development and outdoor recreation is a big thing. So there's this, there's a group that started that really wanted to see the railroad tracks uh, ripped up for a variety of different reasons. Um, and, and the debate really started, you know, this rails or trails debate started. And mm-hmm. New York State, we've been through three or four years of public comments, public hearings, economic impact studies, mm. um, you know, all this rigmarole basically from the state. And recently they issued this proposal that is their quote unquote compromise, which I don't think anyone is happy about um, mm-hmm. the rail supporters or the trail supporters, that they were going to restore the railroad to Tupper Lake. And rip up the railroad from Tupper Lake to Lake Placid that lasts 34 miles, which is the first time in the nation that an active rail line would be torn up to build mm. a recreational really? trail. Um, yeah, That's yeah, weird. It's, it's so crazy. First, first <laughs> we're, we're the first. It's not really something I'm never proud good to of. be the first. Never good to be the last, no, folks, in um, any scenario. You know, in in Tupper Lake, the Wild Centers in Tupper Lake, the club and resort will be coming eventually, but there's not a whole lot to do in the railroad stations really mm. on the outskirts of town. Mm. So. You know, you're telling people to take a train to Tupper Lake and then hike or bike or walk the last 30 mi- 34 miles to yeah. Lake Placid. It just, it's it's nonsensical. Uh, yeah, it's a, str- it's a strange context. I don't know, I can't imagine 
like in, at least I'm thinking about it yeah. from this perspective. I can't imagine I'd want to take. Yeah, you know, anything. and part of the beauty of this whole proposal that in the mm. business plan we've been operating under for the last twenty years is that we share a platform with Amtrak, and we can uh, yeah. sell through tickets. Um, you know, from. Penn Station. You guys all don't the way have anything. Placid. You don't have anything to do with Amtrak, though, necessarily. Do no, you? but we have a we have a letter of support from them mm. saying that hey, we'll sell package tickets to Lake Placid with an interchange mm. in the platform in Utica. I never. Uh, I I was a New York City guy for a long time. Yeah. Take a shot, listeners. Um, and we talk about that a lot <laughs> here in the show. Uh, <laughs> but I I took the Amtrak a lot, yeah. and one of the things I noticed about train travel, at least in the last mm-hmm. ten years, is it's it's moderately inexpensive compared yep. to other forms of travel. But I felt like a lot of people didn't take advantage of it. More often yeah. than not, when I would take that New York City train, it's half empty. Yeah. And it's like, really? Train travel is finally, finally increasing in the States. Yeah. And, you know, we're in, in a little bit of a different position now in that mm-hmm. we're, we're a tourist attraction. We're a sure. heritage railroad. We're not a commuter railroad. But, you know, if, if the tracks were restored to Lake Placid, then we'd, we'd be both. And we'd be doing mm-hmm. both. And it would change the dynamic of the operation mm-hmm. a lot. But, you know, to get back to your... I guess your original question about the Preservation League. Yeah. Um, this corridor is on the National and State Historic Registers. So yes. it's the certainly the longest uh, historic district in New York State, and I think the second la- largest district in the country. Um, you know, it's been there since before the Adirondack Park was mm-hmm. created. Um, you know, so, so it's a unique situation in that New York State is you know, supporting removing active rail line and also supporting the demolition of a national and state register property. Mm. And two businesses, not mm. only the Adirondack Scenic Railroad, which carries about 80,000 passengers a year, but this new rail bike business, you know, Rail Explorers USA, mm. which is the first one in the country as well. Now, uh, you guys are doing a benefit for this in April, the Rally for the Rails, is that what you yeah, guys are Yeah, probably actually going to push it to May, because really? I don't know if you've noticed that the weather's been a little bit shoddy. I don't know what you mean. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a little hard. We wanted to pick a date, and, you know, looking at the extended forecast, there's not really been a day that doesn't look rainy or snowy or awful, so some point in May, we're going to be having a Rally for the Rails mm-hmm. Um just to get the community out, show our support, um, you know, there's, I think the more the pressure is placed on the governor and the DEC in Albany and the more support they see for the railroad, the more likely they are to uh, rethink their decision. I think it is, and this is from a personal perspective, uh, you know, I don't, I can't remember the last time I've done Scenic Railroad, just from, I haven't been yeah. here, I haven't been here in a long time, it's been a long time away. Uh, take a shot in New York City, folks. Um, <laughs> but I know that every year my mom, I want. Th- I think this is you guys, and I'll feel like a real jerk if it's not. You guys do the Polar Express thing, right? Yes, we my do. My mom and niece and nephew look forward to this every year. It's one of their favorite things. My mom yeah. is a first grade teacher, so she's a freak for the Polar <laughs> Express. She cannot help it. Uh, and the fact that a lot of people don't even know that it happens. Do yeah, you know that's I mean? kind I, of one of our really big struggles is, you know, business is growing. And I was saying that um, in the last five years, ridership's actually increased from about 55,000 riders each year mm-hmm. to 75,000, 80,000 riders each year. Um, but most of those riders don't come from Utica. You know, they come from out of the area. It's something they do as a mm-hmm. weekend trip or when they're on vacation, which is, of course, that's great for the economy because people are coming and they're staying and they're spending money in Utica um, and, you know, in that Adirondack Park. But a lot of local people don't necessarily, you know, take advantage of what's in their backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, visibility is going to be an increasing, uh, project and concern for us. And so you're looking at May then for the... the yeah. Rally. Yep. I, and we'll keep you guys updated. Then that's great. And we'll do our best to keep it posted for Appreciate our listeners that. out there. Now, um, I would be remiss 
to let you go and not ask you about the newest hire at the Adirondack <laughs> Scenic Railroad, a former guest of yes. the show, the the one and only Mark Piersma. I guess my question is, are you prepared for, for this? Well, you know... <laughs> are you prepared for Piersma? I brought him in for his second interview, and I said something like this. I said, Mark, I really want to hire you, and I know you're going to drive me absolutely nuts, so you need to convince <laughs> me one more time that this is a good decision. I love Mark. Mark is one of my... He, when we first started doing the show, it was it, there were certain times when the show felt like it was just me and my buddies having a conversation. <laughs> it's like, here's this guy who works a business who's also my roommate, right? Yeah. But uh, Mark came in and he was maybe at the time probably the most the most prominent person, yeah. you know, that we had we had interviewed, and he was uh, he was a ball of excitement. He's he's quite the guy. I <laughs> he really is, and you him. know, he's fired up about what happens locally. And, yes, he is. You know, and he's really he cares about the community. But that's and that's actually an important point. I'm glad you brought that up because. What I mentioned early in the interview, that I did not expect you to be you, the person you are. <laughs> the fact that you uh, and Mark are both there, for a person like me yeah. in my in my 30s, that's an exciting sign to see that there is a movement toward uh, yeah, younger people absolutely. who may have a different perspective that maybe the generation ahead of us isn't totally absolutely. aware of, right? And I think that's, you know, if we don't change and keep evolving, then, you know, there, there's no point in trying to keep going on because you know, there are some things that are... Tra- the Polar Express is tradition. Train yeah. robberies are tradition. But, yeah. you know, like, hey, guys, let's get some cool bands and some good beer mm. and some good wine on a train and see mm. what that does. And mm. it's been pretty good. Casino <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Just throwing that out there. Um, Bethan, where can people go to learn more about the Adirondack Scenic Yeah, Road? AdirondackRR.com. We actually just launched a new website, so check it out and tell us it's pretty. And our Facebook page, Adirondack uh, Scenic Railroad. Bethan, it is a real pleasure to meet you. Uh, you're a wonderful individual, very spunky. We appreciate all the good work you're doing. <laughs> Thank um, you. Love what you guys are doing. Uh, well, we, we try the best we can, even though it doesn't sound like it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back after the break, folks. Uh, just a minute. Again, to Bethan, uh, if you want to learn more information uh, about the Adirondack Scenic Railroad, uh, you can go on Google and look it up because they got to find the website. I'll find it later or I'll have her give it at the end of the interview. Anyway, uh, so we we for the last two weeks have teased a segment. Um, we, we talk a lot about music in our free time here on the show uh, and we teased the segment. Uh, Aaron, this was your tease. You brought this segment up to me. Yeah, yeah. And the idea is what? Albums that you can listen to... Soup to nuts, if you will. Soup to nuts album. Front to back. Front to back. First song, the last song, not skip anything, most complete albums in your collection. Yes. Uh, we got a lot of really, really good responses. I think that's so fun. I love that people wanted to, like, reach yeah, out to us. Yeah, we touched the nerve. A lot of people got back to us about it. I yeah. love it. So I'm going to give you a couple quick ones real quick right off the bat. These are some of the responses. This was from last week's guest, Rick Short. Rick. He, he just wrote, Machine Head by Deep Purple. Uh, I am not as familiar with classic rock as Mr. Short is. Nor yeah, I, I. You know what? I looked it up when he said that, and I didn't listen. I didn't get a chance to listen to the album or anything. And you know, Deep Purple is a little bit off my radar for the type of old rock music that I listen to. But it was like five star, critically acclaimed yeah. all the way across mm-hmm. the board. That's one of those ones that like 
it's cool. We got a long time in life to dig into all the music that comes out and stuff, but I've heard enough about that album and him saying it that I probably will dig in at some point, but I have no info. Uh, long time listener, our man Ryan is sweet, uh, sent me this two weeks in a row. He wanted to make sure I said Nirvana Unplugged in New York City, which is a very popular choice. It's a very pop, but it's a great album. If I yeah, uh, if I had to listen to Nirvana at this point in my life, Unplugged in New York probably be one of my first go-tos. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of... I've I've always sort of taken the torch of kind of being not anti-Nirvana, but I've always said that if... Very measured and reasonable about Nirvana. I'm the same way. I felt like, and maybe this is a hot take, if Kurt Cobain had not died, right? Yeah. If they had continued making music for, let's say, 10 or 15 years, it inherently would have been garbage, right? They would have turned into the Rolling Stones, I I think. I think inherently anybody who's being intellectually honest with themselves probably has to concur with it. You know what I mean? At some point, like... at some point, they would have done something that would have, like, sort of tarnished the legacy, or they wouldn't have gone out as, like, these vaunted, you know, demigods of Right, and even, like, music. The, like, the self-titled Sublime album, which is another one that I grew up listening to all the way through, because my sister album. listened to it's it. It's a great album. Sublime gets held up in a high regard because there's a limited amount of actual... They never had time to get worse. Right, there's a limited amount of catalog, and Nirvana's yeah. the same they, way. They exploded, they never burned out. They yeah. never had time to piss off their fan base by releasing mm. weird stuff or anything like that. Or go and become super popular and critic, you know, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my man, though, another guy, another reader request, uh, Douglas Croft on Twitter, at Dude, Douglas Doug Croft. Doug Croft is one of my favorite people in the world. <laughs> I give him a lot of credit because he went straight for some metal here. He's got uh, Cradle Doug. of Filth. Hammer of the Witches, all right. I don't know much about Cradle of Filth. And after all his metal, he dropped two of uh, me and Kevin's. What's 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 uh, what's the metal? Run me through the metal quick. Let me see if it uh, hits me anyway. Cradle of Filth, Hammer of the Witches. Uh, what do we got? Fear Factory, Demanufacture, Soil Work, The Ride Majestic. Any metal here for you? He's deep out there. He's deep on the metal. I have friends who would probably agree with him, yeah. but so far he hasn't really touched my heart. How about Jimmy Eat World's Bleed American and Chase Holy This Light? Shit. Uh, not, nowhere. Not Chase This Light, but Bleed American, yeah, 100%. What about Futures? Futures. Futures also. I, Futures is on my list without a doubt. I just bought that on vinyl. Jimmy Eat World is one of the most criminally underrated bands oh my God, without of a doubt. that time period. You don't feel like you and I specifically are a bit biased because we kind of did the same kind of thing for a long time like no, we I mean I think we're no, I think we just we probably have more exposure because we've taken more time to make a point to dig into right. Jimmy World albums more than probably just a couple of singles that most people are familiar with but I think upon digging into those albums they've got some incredible songs and I think they deserve mm-hmm. more recognition than they probably got you ever, you ever get a scenario where um, someone will uh recommend an album to you but that person has a bad track record of recommending you albums so you don't believe them you think they're full of shit yes Futures by Jimmy Eat World is one of those albums I'd like Bleed American one of our good friends I know uh, told me it's great and I said if you think it's great it's I'm certainly probably trash. not gonna like it I'm probably not gonna <laughs> like it and lo and behold it was amazing so it's the one time like that that I was incorrect yeah um, another guy uh, another one another former guest actually Beth Coombs the realist mom uh, quote I don't mean to sound old, but Tom Petty's Full Moon Fever. Love that album. Are you gonna- it's, it's, it, it, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> it's tough for me. At, like Tom Petty's such a greatest hits band for me because I, yeah. you know of the age yeah. divide and when he put out. I don't know what album that is. I'd need to see a track list. But like Tom Petty is accurately rated like I'm sure that's a nice album and it's probably got a lot of his good songs on it so that's probably fine I just don't but like you said we're a greatest hits I, I don't group. I don't know him album to no, album I, I like here's the thing though whenever I hear a Tom Petty song I'm usually like oh yeah okay 
I've, yeah, I've got no beef I'm usually like, I know this song. I saw, yeah. by a strange circumstance of coincidence, I saw Tom Petty live one time. Without, no way. Without intention to go, and it just so happened to work out that like I got to go to see a Tom Petty show from pretty decent seats. And you know what? He was awesome. Him and his band were killing it. And it might not be the first thing I reach to hit play on when I'm like making a playlist on Spotify or something, but Tom Petty certainly got his place, and I won't begrudge him that. Um, got another one here. This is from uh, OD Sports reporter Ben Burnell. Ooh. What up, Ben? Yeah, what up, Ben? Shout out. Uh, he said Arcade Fires the Suburbs, which is an excellent choice. Yes. And the Black Keys Brothers, which is also, also an, excellent an excellent choice. That's a great album. Which is the last good Black Keys album. If Brothers I was the it's last good It's probably the Keys most album. cohesive, wide-ranging Black Keys yeah. It's not my fa- it's probably not my favorite Black Keys album, but if somebody's like, I'd like to start listening to Black Keys, that's definitely the album I'd give them. I think Which Brothers is, the same... is, is right up there for yeah. one of my favorite Black Brothers Keys. Brothers is a great album. It's a great album. That same comparison can be made for Arcade Fire just the suburbs. It's not my favorite Arcade Fire album, but if I had to show someone Arcade Fire, I'd probably show them some. Quick sidebar after a conversation we had a couple weeks ago, not on the show, but just something we were talking about. I listened to uh, Arcade Fire's Reflector oh, most yeah. of the way through yesterday. I had never yeah. given it much of a listen much different than I expected it to be, but really good. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit later about LCD Sound System when we get to my album. I can't believe it. Um, but... Uh, what? <laughs> James, I know, shocking. Uh, James Murphy from um, from LCD Sound System uh, did the production tell. on that album, and it, and it comes through very clearly. Uh, I got a couple more here. Uh, this is from Josh over at K-Rock, at K-Rock Josh. Hey, Josh. Uh, yeah. That's ominous, K-Rock. Uh, Let's hear it. No, no, he's got good ones. Uh, well, here you go. Weezer, Pinkerton. That's a, that He took that one right from my list. I didn't. He didn't know it, but it's he did. It's a good album. It's a great yeah. album. Uh, Pinkerton by Weezer is an important album for me. Like, personally, like, sometimes when you're That's growing up... That's how I up, feel about Futures with Jimmy Eat World. Yeah? That's really? an important album for me, yeah. I never knew that about you. Yeah. That's um, interesting. He also said Foo Fighters' Color and the Shape, uh, Jay-Z's The Black Album, and Elliot Smith's From a Basement on a Hill. He meant to say Jay-Z's The Blueprint, I'm assuming? And he meant to say Elliot Smith's Figure Eight. But both of those are pretty much on yeah, point. Yeah, we're good. I have to... All right. Good one, Josh. <laughs> no, he's actually right, though, because For a Basement on a Hill is kind of underrated. It's a solid album. And then, um, just a guy who followed us... A, f- a guy who followed us... Thanks for the follow, my man Jimmy. Thanks, at Jim. J underscore Rivs. He just wrote DMX, It's Dark and Hell is Hot. Dude, that's a great album. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jimmy uh, Jimmy with the, the Monster Energy Drink logo is your avatar on Twitter. If you ever want to come party with Maiden Utica of Uticast, you, <laughs> you get a hold of us, us know, buddy, dude. because you... You are on. Uh, you, you are get in. It. You I are get in. It. And that sounds sarcastic, but I mean No, it. you're like, so in. Call uh, us out. You're couple, so in. couple more real quick. Um, our good friend Retro Sorrento, she said Aladdin Sane by David Bowie, uh, Magic Potion by the Black Keys, and Let It Be from the Beatles. That one is interesting. Because I uh, I feel like that's one of my least favorite Beatles albums. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Retro Sorrento's got a great taste in music. She does. Um, yeah, I always thought. I, also a great artist. Yeah, yeah she's no, check her out. I know. Shameless she's plug. Follow her on Twitter. She's yeah, very follow good. her. She's yeah. amazing. Uh, and then really quickly, uh, at Fig Bashful, uh, Angel Dust by Faith No More, uh, Never by My Nirvana, Ten by Pearl Jam, uh, Ben's and In Rainbows by Radiohead. Again, stolen directly from my list. Ten's on my list. Um, what did she, she, what did she must have just she must have seen your list ahead of time somehow <laughs> somehow um, she got a little sneak peek she's wait go, there was one of them that she said that I wanted to address quick oh yeah 10 by Pearl Jam as That's, a huge huge yeah. Pearl Jam guy uh, 10 is not even close to my favorite album but it's most people's favorite album by then by them 10 is on my list only because I think it's the most complete album yeah like all the way around mm. it's definitely not have, it doesn't have my favorite songs on it it doesn't it's not even close to being my favorite Pearl Jam like 
revamping of their See, style. I think, I think Versus is a better album for, Versus the for is me an personally. amazing album, but I went with 10. All right, can we get to us because we're going to run out of time here. I know, I know. No, we're not. It's our show. We can go as long as we want. <laughs> All right. I, I only got two people left. Oh, please, I only please, have two please. people I left. I want to hear theirs. And they're two of our favorite people. Uh, one of them is longtime friend of the show, Mellow Kitty. She said, Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette. Oh, Yo, how such about a that? good decision. How about that? Who is Mellow um, Kitty? And also, uh, little uh, little sidebar, real quick. Uh, Jagged Little Pill. Um, the song you ought to know. Mm-hmm. If you go back and listen to it now, uh, she was recording that at the same time. The Red Hot Chili Peppers were doing One Hot Minute, mm-hmm. and Flea and Dave Navarro heard the track and they're like, "Can we play on this?" If you go back and you listen to You Ought to Know, um, I mean the whole song, no especially way. starting oh, yeah. in the. It's- Especially starting the second verse onward, when you're actually listening for it, it's unmistakable that it's Flea. That's one of the best like it's pop killer. song bass lines. I had that's, no idea. I've, go back and listen to it. It's it's oh, really, really, so really cool. good. That's so cool. Really good. Uh, this one also directly from my heart, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. Oh my so god, that album is so underrated. Good. So good. And then my favorite hipster in all of Utica, the Devs, Tim Schramm. Guys, oh, I, <laughs> I love Tim Schramm. I have such like, um. I don't even know the word for it. Secret how much, crush? Yeah, I think it's like a secret crush on Tim Schramm. I just freaking love Not Tim anymore. Schramm. <laughs> no, it's no I, longer a secret. I own it. I just own it. I love me uh, some Tim Schramm, guys. Uh, I think he's so cool. Uh, Tim is one of those guys that I'm going to have to have in the show again because we recorded him early on when the show was just getting oh, started. No. And he's got a lot to say. He said Tame Impala's uh, newest album, Currents. And then you immediately fell in love with him? Immediately <laughs> fell in love with him. And then also Gangstar's Daily Operation. So really hitting both ends of the spectrum. He went all the way there. Um, and then he, uh, and then he scolded. Not yet, Aaron. And then I was scolded on Twitter for not liking Tame Impala early enough. How do you know Andy like that? Wow. Tell him that's because you're not old enough. Hey, oh, try that and see what happens. No, Tim. Tim is my dude. I appreciate him for talking about Tame Impala. One of the album, best dudes in town. Because after he mentioned it, I went and bought it on vinyl because I'm a nerd. So, um, all right, guys. Safe. So that's for everybody who uh, who sent in all the stuff. Thank you. Thank you, guys. That was the coolest thing. I'm so so appreciative of that. Uh, I'm gonna stop talking for a minute. I'm gonna let Aaron run through her list. Aaron, I've been. We have my list is kind of all over the joint. I'm going to start with uh, my least uh, or my most embarrassing choice Mm -hmm. is underneath the 2004 album by Hanson. Is Hanson? Now, this this is not the Mbop album. This Mm. is the one that has... This is 2004. It's it's very recent. It's Penny and Me. Do you, do you have it on your phone right here? Underneath, yeah, but I don't know if we could play it. It's pen- who's gonna stop yeah. me? I'm just it's, gonna play it over the phone. And, oh no, see, I can't. Uh, you can't do it. Oh well. It's Penny and Me. It's it's real good. It's solid pop music. Dude, it started weird. It's solid. I started weird, guys. I quick, told you I would. Quick Hanson aside, when we were younger, I we, love Hanson. We so played hard. a game. Do you remember this? We had a bet where we gave everyone we knew one song that they had to listen to in their car, and the person who lasted the longest listening to that one song would win the bet. Do you remember this? It was yeah, you and me and Nick Vesali and Dan sure. Olin and all those guys. And our good friend Nick Vesali got Mbop by Hanson. That makes a lot of sense I was where he is now. And legit did not ever get sick of it. He, he played it in his car for a week and would just sing it and be super positive. I don't know how he managed <laughs> it. He was really into it for weeks. It's amazing. It's great Amazing. Album. Amazing. Good album. What else you got? All right, 2005, uh, I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning by Bright Eyes. I went with that choice for my bright eyes choice, strictly because I love it. I just I could listen to it over and over. And you're, over. you're not wrong. It's a good album. I'm just laughing at Sam right no, now. Another funny story about that. Can I? Can I? I, uh, I dated a girl in high school who you have loved like twelve. It. You have yeah. like this is a Sam. I'm a huge moment. I love music. Um, I, I dated a girl in high school who loved Bright Eyes. So inherently, mm-hmm. I had to sort of pretend that I knew love more bright about eyes. Bright Eyes than I really did. Mm-hmm. So I remember we were at somebody's house one time, and we got in a fight, and she was mad at me. 
So I went in the other room and I tried to learn a Bright Eyes song on acoustic guitar. Jesus Christ. And she her- overheard me doing it and like scolded me for being a jerk. <laughs> She's like, that's not going to work. <laughs> You're not just going to learn this song. Doesn't mean I'm done being mad at you. Yikes. Jesus. So yeah, Bright Eyes. All right. Uh, Seven- that is a good album. Yeah, though. it's a great It's a great album. Honestly, I think if I had to start somebody with a Bright Eyes collection, I'd start him there. He gets kind of a bad rap, I think. Kind that album's like- so good. Yeah. Well. All right. 1975 Blood on the Tracks by Bob Dylan. I yeah I, I yeah you knew I was gonna put a Dylan song in there, there, but that's the Dylan album I chose. I think it's um. When did you get into Dylan? Like, why do you like Bob Dylan? That's a really good question. I don't know, but that was the first album that I got from Bob Dylan, so it sort of holds a um, a very special place for me. <clears throat> I just love Bob Dylan. I don't know. Let's well, stop asking my Bob Dylan questions. No, I. <laughs> I don't I know. Just, I just I, like Bob Dylan. I just I've always loved Bob Dylan. I think since my father listened no. to it when I was little, I think there I it sort is. of grew up with. That's Dylan. that's the question: is where does because you know yeah. For well, as big my dad as an was artist, a deadhead, so like I listened to Dylan mm, and and, mm. and Grateful Dead and all those things. But that's the question: is like where's your first exposure? Because that's yeah. kind of rare music to find on your own while just looking. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it wasn't our like you said, it's not our generation. It's not our mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. our thing. Um, my. I'm going to save that one for last because it's my all-time most complete album. Uh, I'm scrolling through here. I have to pick... Uh, I have a couple... Appetite for Destruction, 1987, uh, Guns N' Roses is my next choice. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, that's just... That's, Man, just, that's, that's like... I'm getting I kind of forgot about that one. Dude, how could you forget about Appetite for Destruction? That's the best... I mean, that's um, one of the finest albums. I put Futures on for Jimmy Eat World. Yeah, Futures for Jimmy Eat World. A lot of my stuff is super recent, too, which is like in the past 10 to 15 years. Here's a good one. Ready? This was my second runner-up for most complete album. Aha Shake Heartbreak by Kings of Leon, 2003. Yeah, you love Kings of Leon. I love 2003 Kings of Leon. After that, they really hit the dirt. But Aha Shake Heartbreak is an incredibly smart and well-done album. It's right. just so rock and roll, and it just kills everything else around it. Um, all right, hold on. I'm almost done. I know I've got just a couple more. Oh, this is my... I have a tie for first place, so we'll get to that in a hot second. <laughs> tie for first place. I have a three-way tie for first place. Um, and this one isn't it. 2004's Sweet Cheers, for, or Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, My Chemical Romance. I never would have guessed that about you. I put that on my list because in a time when I was like, 2004, I was like 19 and angsty, and I loved that album. It was such a good album just to put on really, really loud. That's so funny to me. It's such a good album. Uh, 2007, Hissing Fauna, Are You the Destroyer by Of Montreal is on my list. They're an underrated band. I saw Super them live. Super duper underrated. Uh, great live show. Sort yeah, I like saw them a, live at Hamilton College. It was incredible. A little bit like going to see a Flaming Lips show. Like, incredibly stimulating. Like, a very visceral live very experience. Cool. A lot of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 2010, God Willin' and the Creek Don't Rise by Ray LaMontagne. I did never got into Ray LaMontagne. He's really good. I just love that album. I think it's really good. Um, all right, mm. I'm going to wrap this up. I have... Uh, oh, here's a good one. 2006, Ta-da! by the Scissor Sisters. I got nothing for the Scissor Sisters. I, Dude, come on. It's a little too theatrical for me. That's why I dig it. Well, it's, you're more theatrical than I am. I, I know. Say. I'm putting Modern Vampires of the City, mm. mm-hmm. 2013's uh, Vampire, Vampire Weekend, Weekend yep. album on, because that was just an amazing album. I don't have such an organized list, but no, I, would, I, would, I would just, just look at you. <laughs> I would make an argument for uh, the self-titled Vampire Weekend album, the first one. I was going to say it's that. I didn't really like put really a good. list together, but that yeah. would be one of the first ones that comes to mind. Okay, now me. here's my top three. Are you ready for this? Bang it out, let's do my it. Three, my three most complete albums are this. 1997's Wyclef Jean Presents the Carnival. Wow, really? <laughs> you love Wyclef? I didn't know. 
Who? I had no idea. That album is so good. I had no idea. Dude, that album's amazing. Blowing my mind right now. I know. <laughs> it's honestly, though, I, and I hate to say it, but it is such a good album. All the way around, it's like... I don't know how to describe it. It's it's rap. It's reggae. It's what's Wycliffe do these days? He like producing. He's, he's making no, money he's on a, other people now. He's the president of Haiti. No, he uh, he steals money from charities and is generally one of the bigger scumbags alive. Right? That's really? what he does. He ran yeah, for president when, of Haiti for a while. Yeah, when there King was that when there was that big uh, earthquake in Haiti, he mm-hmm. raised a whole bunch of money for some charity foundation. Just took the money and didn't give it to anybody. He's trash. Huh. He wasn't making a lot of money with the trash. refugees. Trash. <laughs> there you go. Uh, what else you got? Lauren Hill wasn't playing with him. All right, 2005, the magic numbers, the magic numbers. Not a clue. Sure. Dude, that album is is so unbelievable that the fact that you don't know it makes me a little sad. Go download it immediately. It's that good. And I don't know what year. Oh, you know what? I forgot Pick Her Ass by the Decemberists, 2005. That's not in my top three, but it's right up there. And my number one most complete album is 2003's In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3, Coed and Cambria. Coed and Cambria. I can see Katie Bradley wild in the green room. She's sweating in the green room. That album is so good. And so complete. You have to listen to it front to back. It's a show. It's um, It syncs up with Lord of the Rings. <laughs> That's not true, is it? It's so true. Don't act like I didn't use that in college for certain things. Hmm. Uh, Kevin, did you have, do you want to run no, through some I, of your stuff I feel quick? I'm wildly unprepared for this discussion because I do not have a 25-album list. Um, a couple, Mine was really long. It, uh, there's... I don't know, there's a few I was thinking of. Uh, my first reaction was to say, obviously I love Radiohead, I was going to say, okay, computer. But anybody who says that they don't skip, fit, or happier is lying, so I'm going to say In Rainbows mm-hmm. instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with Retro Strato on that one. Uh, the first Vampire Weekend album, is a really that was a really, really prescient one. Um, I would have to say London Calling. Yeah, maybe it's late great, era, yeah, but like that great has... Album. The Clash is a band yeah. that I got into more off songs than albums, but then I went and looked at album lists, and I'm like, oh, all of my favorite Clash songs are off yeah. this one album, yeah. and then got into the album as a whole a little bit later in life. Like, when I was young, when I was like 16, getting the quote-unquote punk rock, the Clash wasn't really... No, I didn't I didn't like really it get it. I didn't really no. like it that much, but like as I get much, much older, I appreciate that quite a bit. Um, you could make an argument now that London Calling is the best punk album of all time, and I wouldn't tell you you're wrong. Then you start having conversations about what's a punk album, you know right. what I mean? Right, of course. Yeah. Um... Any of the Tribe albums, specifically yeah. Low End Theory and Midnight Marauders, mm. um, lots of them. I feel like when we originally started talking about this, it was you know we were talking about albums that have absolutely no filler, and I feel like sometimes albums are—it's tough to not admit your own bias. You know what I mean? There's sure, certain albums I sure. can listen to front to back because I like that much, but I understand that for the average person, it's not really a front to back album. Yeah, for them. Uh, yo, you know what without I mean? a doubt, most of mine aren't. Um, most of mine are not going to be front to back. I mean, I can't imagine someone sitting down and watch unless unless you're really into the Coed and Cambria soundtrack, like that first album. Evil Empire, Rage Against the Machine, Excellent another one album. for me. Such a good album. White Pony by the Deftones, another one for me. I don't know that album. Uh, you would like that. Uh, let me let me knock through a couple things yeah, here give, real give, quick. Yeah, let's get some years. Um, there there are four bands I'm gonna throw out there that I'm not gonna talk about because we've already touched upon them. I think all the Vampire Weekend albums are pretty much perfect, except for Contra's only okay, but the first one and the last one uh, are almost perfect. Uh, I've yet to hear a Kanye song or album I haven't liked. I'm sorry that people hate Kanye West. Yeah, but see that that was the original thing we were talking about, like albums front to back. Some of those albums do have a little bit of filler here. And there. Oh, without I guess a doubt. so. Without so Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is almost I think it's unimpeachable. Unimpeachable. Yes. Uh, if I had to make a, ch- a uh, case for one, College I'd go Dropout I guess is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy yeah, if I had I'd to pick Kanye. Mm-hmm. Uh, Radiohead. I feel like Radiohead to truly enjoy it, you have to listen to the albums as a whole. Anyway, they're not really a singles band in that way. They do have some single songs you can listen 
listened to. Right. But Radiohead preferably should be listened to in one long sitting, I feel like, to a yeah. certain extent. Um, here's here's one that's important to me when no one talked about. Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. I know that's not my favorite Pink Floyd album, but it is certainly the easiest the Pink Floyd. The most cohesive statement cohesive, front to back. Yeah. I don't really like The Wall. I get a lot of flack for that. Um, yeah. I think it's too The Wall's too hard. Bungly. The, the, the too Wall's much. really um, hard. Similarly, Abbey Road by The Beatles, because inherently it should be listened to as one whole mm-hmm. album. The whole second half of the album is basically one song. Yeah. It's not really meant to be mm-hmm. listened to in any other way. Uh, for my hip-hop fans, Liquid Swords by Jizza <laughs> slash The that Genius. One's, that one's for Tim Schramm. That one's for Tim Schramm. It's also deeply, deeply for me. This one's for you, Kevin, though. The self-titled Third Eye Blind album. Can we talk oh. about that for a second? Yes, yes, Let's yes. Let's talk about I the self-titled. About that album. They will never. Of course you did, because everyone else did. I forgot all about that album. Third Eye Blind will never be uh, properly commended for what they achieved with that one first uh, semi uh Self-titled album, the one that had Semi-Charm Life, all the songs that you probably know from Third Eye Blind, that album front to back is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Still to this day, one of the best achievements for making a front to back album that I've ever heard. Um, For me, this is my most embarrassing album that I listened to all the way through. Uh, This is an album from the early 2000s called Feeling Strangely Fine by a band called Semi-Sonic. They had a song. Yeah. Is that Closing Time? Yeah. Yeah, you love Semi-Sonic. Yeah, so I bought that album... With my own money. I bought it on cassette, actually. And I burned the cassette through for about a year and a half. Uh, Closing Time was the first song I learned how to play on guitar. I still like it. I still wish one day to cover it in a band if we ever get the chance to do it, because I feel like it's an easy song to cover. Um, But I thought that album was great, and they get zero respect. You know what's one that may be construed as embarrassing from the early 2000s for me, but as far as front-to-back album statements go... Uh, places you've come to fear the most by Dashboard Confession. Yeah. Okay, like just yeah. ten songs carved out like out of the park. Killed that it. album played uh, on my like I had a a playlist going mm. and it was on it the other day and I, I was like wow I haven't heard this album in forever. I just thought of another one I have to say thinking back in that direction uh, is a real boy by Say Anything. Yeah. Front to back is one of the best albums I've ever. Heard. I don't know I why. Skip anything on that. I don't know why you guys saying those two bands made me think of this, but also Transatlanticism by Death Cab for Cutie is another. Uh, I had uh, another Transatlanticism on my list originally. Almost. I've got out. I've got one or two skips on that album. A couple skips on that album. Yeah. I uh, think that's what it comes down to is I couldn't say that I would play yeah. it. That's front the to thing back. we have to only pick the albums with yeah. no skips. Yeah. And then of course my if I had to pick one LCD Sound Systems this is happening. Uh, probably my single favorite whole album from beginning to end. I don't know that album. I love LCD Sound System. If you've never listened to them, uh, they're basically a more modern reincarnation of like the Talking Heads. That's kind of what I All think right, about I'm them in. as. Like, uh, interesting. I think about it. That's like an that. interesting. You're not. You're not wrong. That's an interesting uh, angle to look at them from. Though. Yeah, I, I feel that way about them. Uh, totally underrated. Just got that on vinyl. I'm very, very excited to get my record player hooked up and working again. Guys, we went really long this week. Twenty-four minutes talking about music. Again, thank you to everybody who sent in. Uh, who sent in, you know, albums that they like to listen to. I'll go ahead and I'll retweet all of them tomorrow once we post the show so everyone can see all the other tracks that we didn't talk about. Um, Aaron, anything you want to say before we leave? Uh, I'm prettier than most people. That's <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> Happy, uh, happy birthday. anything I want to say. You're so. not wrong. Happy belated birthday to my love, Aaron. Thank Kevin you. Sullivan. I am Sam Pamelaro. Thank you again. Bye.